0: Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston.
1: The title of the message today is Saved to Serve. Saved to Serve. A number of years after Elvis Presley died, his album of greatest hits became the number one album in the country. In spite of Elvis's enormous success, he was, according to friends an unfulfilled and unhappy man. He died of obesity and drug dependency at age 42. In an interview with his wife, Priscilla, she said this about her husband. Elvis never came to terms with who he was meant to be or what his purpose in life was. That could be said of a number of people, even some right here in this sanctuary today. Maybe you feel that You're placed here to do something with your life, but can't figure it out. The Bible is clear about the reason God saved us and brought us into his family. And so the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We were created by God and redeemed by Christ to make a contribution, to make a difference in somebody else's life. What matters is not the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. The Bible makes it clear that we were created to serve. We were saved to serve, and we are gifted by the Spirit to serve. God made each of us unique, and our uniqueness is not for our own benefit. As Peter tells us in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You see, God gives us gifts and talents and abilities and experiences for the benefit of others. We are put here to serve God, and the way we serve God is by serving others. The Bible has a word for this, and it is called ministry. A ministry is a much understood word. It's when I use the word minister, most people think of pastor or someone who stands in a pulpit and talks about God. But the Bible says that every believer is a minister. Not every believer is a pastor, but every believer is a minister because we are supposed to do ministry ministry simply means using my spiritual gifts, my abilities, my personality, and my experiences to help somebody in the name of Christ. In the Bible, servant and minister are the same word. So all of us who belong to Jesus Christ are called to ministry. You see, if you are saved, you are saved to serve others. During our brief span of life on this planet, God wants us to learn how to serve others so that we can prepare ourselves for what we are going to do in heaven forever. The good news is that God not only created and saved us for service, He gave us a a model in His Son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for for many. The greatest accomplishment and the greatest thrill in life is to be used by God in serving him by serving others. Now, Jesus provided uh, the model of how we ought to serve. And so first... Serving like Jesus means being available, being available. One day Jesus was walking down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and two blind men started yelling at him. And the passage, Matthew 20, 32, 32, 33, had this to say. Two blind men who were sitting by the road heard that Jesus was passing by, So they began to shout, Son of David, take pity on us, sir. The crowd scolded them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted even more loudly, Son of David, take pity on us, sir. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Sir, they answered, we want you to. To give us our sight. Note the words Jesus stopped. You see, if you want to be used by God, if you want to serve God the way he wants you to serve, you must be willing to be interrupted. Many, many times. In fact, most of Jesus' ministry and work and his uh, miracles were interruptions. Think about it. All the people he healed, the blind, the lame, the sick, the paralyzed, were all interruptions. He was going someplace, doing something, and he stopped in order to minister to them. Almost every miracle Jesus did, he did because he let himself be interrupted. You see, they are hurting people all around us. And the wounded, the hungry, the destitute, and the grieving cannot wait until it is convenient for us. We have to help them now when they have the need. Now, what keeps us from being available to minister to others? Let me give you two common barriers. The first barrier is self-centeredness. The Bible says in Philippians uh, chapter 2 and verse 4, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And in the message paraphrase of the same verse, don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. You so see, whenever you see a need in front of you, guess what? God is giving you the opportunity to practice serving. The number one enemy of compassion is busyness. We are often just too busy. And because we're so busy, we don't have time to serve others the way God intends us to serve others. We have our agenda, our plans, our dreams, our goals, our ambitions. And we don't want to be disturbed just for the needs of others. But real servants don't mind being interrupted. You see, if you really have a servant's heart like Jesus, then you don't mind being interrupted because your agenda is God's agenda. But the second barrier to serving is Perfectionism, that is wanting everything to be perfect before you begin to serve. You see, when it's all all right, when things settle down, when my life is is, uh, more peaceful, then I will volunteer to serve. Christ-like servants do the best that they can with what they have for Jesus, not tomorrow, not the next day, but today. So what we do don't have to be perfect for God to bless it. The truth is we are all a bunch of misfits. We all have weaknesses. We all have faults. We all have failures. We all have handicaps. But guess what? God uses us all. Why? Because God doesn't use perfect people, for there aren't any perfect people. If your job is keeping you from doing any kind of service, of helping someone who needs you, then you need to make some kind of adjustment with your job. Serving means being available the way Jesus was available. But secondly, serving like Jesus means being grateful. It means being grateful. The Bible tells us A story in John chapter 11 of Jesus serving. His friend Lazarus um, had died and he went there, not for the funeral, but in order to do a ministry to raise him from the dead. He could have walked up and, and prayed a prayer to God in silence, but he decided to pray out aloud so that we would still be able to read it and today and uh, the, those who were there would be able to hear what is going on. And so the Bible tells us in John chapter 11, 41 and 42, after the stone had been rolled aside, Jesus looked up toward heaven and prayed, Father, I thank you for answering my prayer. I know that you always answer my prayers, but I said this so the people here would believe you sent me. So he's saying here, I want the people to recognize that I'm grateful because you have heard my prayers. So Jesus had an attitude of gratefulness in everything that he did. So why do we serve God with gratefulness? What do we have to be grateful for? Why do we serve God not with a sense of duty, but with a sense of delight? We serve him with grateful hearts because of the life he has given us in Christ Jesus. He saved us and gave us eternal life. And if he never did anything else for us, that is enough to be grateful for the rest of our life. We serve God out of gratefulness for what he has done for us. If it's out of duty, then that's not the way God intended it. You serve out of gratitude for all that God has done for you. So when people spend hours and hours uh, both around the church or in the community doing work, they are doing it because they are grateful that God has given them the opportunity uh, to, to serve. But there are some things that get in the way of our serving. And the first barrier is comparing and criticizing. So when you compare yourself with others, when you criticize others, that's a barrier that gets in the way of being grateful. In Romans chapter uh, 14 and verse 4, Paul says, What right do you have to criticize Someone else's servants. Only their Lord can decide if they are doing right. And the Lord will make sure that they do right. We're all God's servants if we know Jesus Christ as our Savior. So it's a, a matter of his opinion, not my opinion or your opinion of one another. Competition with each other in serving just doesn't make any sense when you come right down to it. Because we are on the same team. We have the same goal. We're trying to make God look good to the world. And he has given us different abilities and different tasks to perform. So when I'm grateful for what God has done for me, there is no need for me to spend time comparing myself to others and criticizing others for what they are doing. Well, the second barrier in the way of serving gratefully is wrong motivation. The Bible talks about this. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. So when you do good deeds, don't try to show off. If you do, you won't get a reward from your father in heaven. So the wrong motivation is showing off. Trying to make yourself look better than, than everybody else. It's a self-promotion. And servanthood don't really mix, but it's easy to get them mixed up. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of serving, can be self-serving at times. We serve to get others to like us. We serve to be admired. We serve to achieve our goals. We serve as sort of a bargaining chip with God. God, I'll serve you, and you will take care of me. All kinds of wrong motivations So how do you know if you have a wrong motivation in serving? Gratitude. So when you lose a sense of gratitude in your life for what God has done for you, then you know right away that uh, what you are doing is not motivated um, in the proper way, that your motivation is wrong. But let us move on to number three. Serving like Jesus means being faithful. Serving like Jesus means being faithful. Now, what does that mean? It means you don't give up. It means keep on going. Keep on keeping on. You don't quit in the midst of your assignment. You do whatever is necessary to keep going because this is what God has called you to do. Now, at the end of Jesus' ministry on earth, in John chapter 17, he had what we call a high priestly prayer. And in this prayer, in verse 4, Jesus says, I have brought your glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. So Jesus was faithful in fulfilling his service. He didn't give up, he didn't give in, he was persistent. And if you are going to be like Jesus, it means you're going to have to serve as long as you live, as long as you're alive. No, you may retire from, uh, from your job, as um, many of you are, but you never retire from ministry for serving the Lord by serving others. Now, God wants us to serve the rest of our life, but he doesn't want us to be doing the same things we were doing twenty or thirty years ago by being up front. We need to give space to others uh, to lead and, and be behind them to uh, to encourage and to support them and to pray for them as they do ministry. So, what motives what motivates us to keep on going? The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter four and verse two. The one thing required of servants is that they be faithful. You see, what motivates us to stay faithful in serving over the long haul is a sense of gratitude that God has um, given to us because of all he has done. You see, if God never did another thing for me, I owe him the rest of my life for what he has already done. Then there are the future rewards. Most of what we do in life doesn't really matter. But any time we are serving God, we are serving Jesus' name, no matter how small it is, it matters. The the Bible says in First Corinthians chapter fifteen and and verse fifty eight My dear friends, stand firm and don't be shaken. Always keep busy working for the Lord. You know that everything you do for Him is worthwhile. And the same verse in the in the message paraphrase says, throw yourselves into the work of the Master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Notice the word nothing. That means it all matters. Even the little stuff that we do. Why? Because in God's book, there is no little service. He said, even if you give a cup of cold water in my name to a child, that counts. Now, if you're going to learn to be a servant of God, then you must learn the difference between significance and prominence. They are not the same things. On my body, my ears are quite prominent. But I could lose my ears and still live the rest of my life. Because though while they are prominent, they are not significant. On the other hand, if I lose my liver or my heart, which are not very prominent, I'll be dead. A lot of people think that if something is given a lot of visibility if you're always standing in front of the congregation doing something, that that is more important than other types of work that that we, we have to do. But that's not true. In fact, the stuff behind the scenes is more important than that which is up front. God says... The parts of your body that you, can, that you don't see are more important than the parts that you do see. Right. Okay. And the same is true in the body of Christ. It all matters. We can't see how our small acts can be meaningful. But the fact is that they are meaningful no matter how small the, the acts of service that you do. Now, many years ago, two teenage boys tried to get into a church service, uh, probably a revival meeting one night, but it was so packed that they couldn't find any seats. So they turned around and decided to leave. But one usher said, come on guys, I'll find, I'll find your seat. And so the, the usher escorted them down uh, to the center and found two seats for them. That night, both these boys accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and became Christians. One of them was Billy Graham, who has led tens of millions of people to Jesus Christ. Now, do you think that Usher is going to get any credit in heaven? Of course. So we have no idea of the significance of the small acts of service that we perform. Real servants do everything or do every task with equal dedication because they know that it all matters. It doesn't matter if you're doing something important that is well-known, or if you're doing something important that is not well-known. It's all important. Have you ever wondered why you're here at People's Baptist Church? I'll tell you why. You're here because God knew you had Something to offer. He knew that you had a service to perform. He knew that you could make a difference in the congregation just by your presence and the utilization of your gifts. God did not bring you here just to sit and enjoy the worship and the fellowship. He brought you here to serve. Amen. He knew that you had something. For example, your background, your talent, your skills, your ability, your contacts, your network, your interests, your hobby, whatever. He has given you all of these things in order that you might contribute to them to the kingdom of God. Yeah. God brought you here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. But one day, each of us will stand before God and He's going to ask, what did you do with what I gave you? The talents, the abilities, the, the experiences, the education. Well, God, I was busy with my career, with my ambitions and my plans, and I never got around to serving you by serving others. And God is going to say, wrong answer. What were you thinking? Do you think I put you on earth just to live for yourself? I put you here to serve me by serving others. See, God is watching you. As uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 6 and verse 10 says, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. As your pastor, my prayer. Is that when you stand before God one of these days, He will look into your eyes and say, Good job. Well done. You did what I put you on earth to do. You worshiped me, you fellowship with other believers, you grew in character to be like Christ, and you served me the way I gifted you to serve. Well done. Good job. Come in and enjoy eternity and all the rewards I've planned for you. You see, to hear, well done, will be worth every sacrifice that we make, every step that we take, every dime that we give, every battle that we fight, every pain that we suffer, every burden that we bear, every prayer that we pray, every problem that we face, and every good deed that we do. Oh, when I come to the end of my journey, weary of life and the battle is won, carrying the staff and cross of redemption, he'll understand and say, well done. Well done. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. Peoples Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street, at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 10:45 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www. Dot .pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 10:30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.